for me, who always tried to shrink for everyone's comfort, this was like a big stepping stone. Once I did that, I was like, oh my gosh, you're telling me this can become a way of life where I can post what I want, wear what I want, say what I want, do what I want. Mm -hmm. That's the life I ultimately want. Welcome to the Be It Till You See It podcast, where we talk about taking messy action, knowing that perfect is boring. I'm Leslie Logan, Pilates instructor and fitness business coach. I've trained thousands of people around the world, and the number one thing I see stopping people from achieving anything is self-doubt. My friends, action brings clarity, and it's the antidote to fear. Each week, my guests will bring bold, executable, intrinsic, and targeted steps that you can use to put yourself first and be it till you see it. It's a practice, not a perfect. Let's get started. All right, babes. So what I'm so excited about is today's interview is actually something I got to do in person with this guest and get your journal out, get your notebooks out, get your, get ready to replay this episode two times, because honestly, I had a really hard time ending the interview. I know that Nicole did as well. Um, I'm going to have to have her back because there's just so much that that she and I could still talk about in an amazing way to support you. You are an amazing person. Do you know that? Have you told yourself that? You should. And what I what I love about being in the presence of Nicole is that she is this embodiment of loving herself wholly and fully. And honestly, what I love about, about that, about Nicole and about how she takes up the space that she deserves to take up, we all deserve to take up in this world, is that she empowers everyone around her to do that too and to show up fully and honestly and, and loving. And you will hear in this episode why having people in your lives that that have that are doing what you want to be doing in this world around you is such an important thing. It helps you show up the way you want to show up. It helps you to have those people who are who've done the thing and are doing the thing that you want to be doing. So I I truly, truly am so grateful to have this woman in my life. Uh, I want I call her a friend and and I'm the most proud of this conversation that I could ever be on this up on this podcast. And so Nicole Mitchell is here. Uh, she is phenomenal. She is more than words can describe to be completely honest. And her journey on this earth is one where I do know you can find yourself in her story. And yeah, you will, you'll hear who she is and you might think Leslie, how on earth, and I'm going to tell you, listen to the whole thing because you are going to get so many gems out of this and you are going to see that life is not linear and it is this the journey along the way the curiosity that we all deserve to give ourselves in this life that we have and the self love the full self love that we we owe to ourselves that is going to take you everywhere you want to go she's an incredible woman um so here she is Nicole Mitchell loves it's here opc summer camp you know that thing we started last year well we're doing it again this year and we're making it bigger and better than ever because we have teachers from all over the world which means all day long you can nerd out with me at camp zoom from the comfort of your own home in your favorite pilates workout outfit without having to get bugs or dirt or weird camp food that's like some weird slot no you can have the amazing food in your own home you can be whatever clothes you want to be in and you can join us all day long for whatever workouts and workshops you sign up for in fact you can even do a whole day pass and save the most money in fact, up to 56% off if you buy the day pass. So go to opc.me slash events to see the full schedule and lineup of events. If you only have access to a mat, we've got plenty of stuff for you. We've got reformer. We've got some happy hip reformer with you. We've got so many amazing things. You can go to opc.me slash events to see the whole schedule, all 14 teachers and all the goodness that's going to happen at Camp Zoom. And I'm your camp director. Woo! All right, be it babe. I'm so excited. First of all, our guest today is in my house, which just makes this really fun. Uh, so um, maybe this is a new way of doing an interview podcast. I would love that. Um, and also a, f- a friend of a friend introduced us. If you remember Michael and Broken's episode, many of you loved that episode. Um, he said, you have to meet my friend, Nicole. She's amazing. You two are going to love each other. He's not wrong. I'm obsessed. <laughs> I'm obsessed with our guest, Nicole Mitchell. Thank you so much for being here. Can you tell everyone who you are and what you rock at? Yes, Leslie, thank you so much for having me. So I'm Nicole Mitchell. I'm known as the pastor turned stripper. I'm really good at helping people monetize what they love doing. Okay. So (laughs) 
Do you, no big deal. Do you know? Like, no big deal. Um, like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, everyone goes from pastor to stripper. Like, that's the common thing, totally right? <laughs> so, you know what's so funny is, like, when people, like, you have to have, like, a three-sentence bio and, like, a one-sentence bio. Like, I feel like that's a hard bio to just summarize things up in. So, how did you, can you take us back a little bit to, like, you know, the life that led you to being, like, a pastor and then kind of the journey there? Because I think there's a lot of question marks that people are going to have. <laughs> yes, I know. And it's interesting, even that tagline sounds like an overnight thing, and it obviously encompasses an entire journey and back backstory. So I was raised in a very conservative religious environment and very quickly picked up on the messaging that my role as a girl was to grow up and become a wife, a mom, and to be a good woman. And I drank the Kool-Aid. I believed it to my core. That was supposed to be the epitome of my life existence. And I did. I grew up, I married a man, had three kids, was a stay-at-home mom. And of course, I love my babies, but I was miserable. That, I felt like, I felt duped. Like, this is it? This is all, this is it? And so when I reached that point, I started re-evaluating my entire life and asking like, what is it that you actually want, Nicole, apart from the dogma, apart from the indoctrination, what is it that you want? Mm-hmm. And that question changed everything. Yeah. I feel like that question, every single one of us can like probably ask ourselves on a daily basis, <laughs> you know, like such a powerful question. And I also, I love that you said, like, it sounds like it's an overnight thing. Mm-hmm. And I think it's so important to highlight that every person who thinks something sounds like it was from, I went from this to this. It's, it's never that it's not a light switch. It's very much, it's not even a dimmer switch. It's an emotional roller coaster for sure. And every success story has a backstory. It's so easy when we see people who've made it Mm -hmm. to think they had it easier than we did. They had more resources. They had more connections. They had more, just more than what we currently have. And so then we assume they had it easier and better than what you have. And I've been in this long enough and my story is very rocky to know that that's never true. Like, I mean, there's some people more privilege and power, but when people make massive life changes, it is a roller coaster. Right. Because there's also like, you're trying to figure out what it is that you want. Yeah. And then also there's the people around you who are like, how does what you want affect my life? And so then you're balancing their emotions and yep. their worries and their fears with your own. Yeah. So how, how did you, how did you go, okay, what, this is what I want now. And then how did that, how did you have that conversation with the people around you? Yeah, that is really hard because I'm a recovering people pleaser mm-hmm. and I don't want to offend anyone. I don't want to disappoint anyone. I'm a very, very caring person. And so to try to step into your own and live your truth with the immense pressure of trying to be who everyone else needs you to be, it's hard enough to where I think it's easy for people to never make that final leap. You try so hard for so long. And then that last jump is so terrifying to fully stand on your own two feet and knowing you're going to disappoint some people is terrifying. I think for most people and especially women who are, we just love people and we love humans and we, we don't want to hurt anyone. Um, and when I did this journey, it was such a slow, like it was not an overnight sensation. And for me, it was like, I just want to hear my own truth. I want to speak my truth. I want to know my truth apart from all the truth passed down to me. I want to take up space with my full self. And as scary as that was, I was so hungry for it after decades of not taking up space, of shrinking, of sacrificing myself. And so I gave myself to like move in baby steps very privately. I like kind of really couldn't like kind of hunkered down because I couldn't withstand any pushback. I was like a little baby chick on wobbly legs, one tiny gust of wind and I'd be on my back flailing. And so I like hunkered down, removed myself from most circles because I couldn't explain to them what I was doing. This was a very intimate transformation. And then once I got more sturdy on my legs, then I could start having conversations with people about who I was becoming and what I was doing. I, I want everyone to like re-listen to that because, um, we even had someone on who was like talking about the Enneagram and like when you, mm-hmm. when you, when you find out about yourself, she had like had like a client who's, who's a perfectionist and didn't want to ever make a mistake. And so some people would say, well, just speak your truth. And it's like, yes, wouldn't that be amazing if that worked for her? Except for if it were to go wrong, if there would be a little bit of wind, a little bit of push that could actually not just knock you off your feet, but go, okay, that was actually so terrifyingly awful. I'm never going to do that again. And then you're in a, like you're further away from your truth. So mm-hmm. I think it's really cool that like you hunkered down. I love, um, I love thinking about like, okay, who are like 
if there's anyone in my circle who I can share this with, like, who would that be? And if it's like, you've got to just really be kind, like it's not always going to be your parents or your partner or something like that. They're because usually the last ones I have found for me and my clients, family mm-hmm. often is the last. Yeah. So, so they were your last. Yeah. You know, what I actually did is I hired a life coach. I'm like, I will literally pay someone to be my best friend. Like someone who really has my back unequivocally. Mm-hmm. They're not, they're not voting for me and my family. They're not going for me. And my partner is like, I'm solely in Nicole's corner and I needed that because I don't think I ever really had that. Anyone who's in my corner was rooting for me to become who they thought I should be. Mm -hmm. And so I hired someone specifically to be like, I've got your back all the way through Nicole. And that kind of support was powerful because when I was overwhelmed and terrified, I called him crying. When I felt on fire and unstoppable, I called him celebrating. I didn't, it wasn't my husband then that I went to. It was definitely not my family. It wasn't even my best friends. Like I knew I was undergoing a massive transformation and I had to have at least one person who had my back all the way through it. That is such a, I, I would not have thought about that. I like think that that's really cool. It's like, instead of it even being a best friend that you might have, who even probably is like, Nicole, whatever you want, I'm here all the way. Like, you're like, no, I actually just need someone who really is like, like I'll pay them to be (laughs) that person. I think that's actually quite, um, uh, uh, quite amazing. My, my husband and I, we had this amazing win in our lives in May of 2020. And he called his parents to share with them. And they're like, we're buying a house because we had this amazing opportunity. And their response was like, well, make sure it's not the most expensive house and make sure the school district is really great. And like, I was like, (laughs) <laughs> driving the car, like with the hand going, wrap it up, wrap it up. And I was like, that was not satisfying. Call our coach. <laughs> I was like, call our coach. And like, here's the thing about coaches like that. We called him up and he was like, guys, I have a call in two minutes. What's up? What can I do? And we're like, this is what happened to us. He's like, that's amazing. And he like screamed in the car with us. And so it's true. Like when you're having these like new wins, these new, even new tests for you, you need yeah. someone who's like, can can keep their fears and worries for what that feels like for their relationship with you aside. So I think that that's really wise. And I think when people make the decision like to buy a house or for me to undergo this massive life change, the people in the middle of that decision-making and transformation have thought the most about it more than any other person in your life. So when Mm -hmm. people come at you like, well, have you considered this? And have you considered that? It's like, we have thought it all the way through. And so it actually isn't helpful. I feel like it's it's, it's meant to be loving and caring and that's how I interpret it, but it can be an insult. Like I have thought this through more than any of you combined will ever think this decision through. And that's where having support, like I see you, I know you've put so much thought and intention to this. And the fact that this showed up in your life, this house and it's aligned and you're so excited. I am so happy for you guys, but we don't have that. People think they, they think of something that you've never thought of before, but they're, they haven't because you're the one in it. It's so funny. Isn't that true? It's like, you are like, I'm not going to be a pastor more. I'm going to be a stripper or whatever it is that you told the time. And it's like, it's like, it's like they, they do. It's like, it's not even like, I'm gonna wear a dress today. It's not, it's not like you're, you know what I want to do today? I want to go to, I want to go to a new park. It's not, my today. <laughs> it's yes. so funny how people do think that these big life changes are, are being, you are being thought of in the same way that you're like, what do I want for dinner? Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's really, I think that's really important for everyone like to keep in mind. Like it is, they are being helpful. They think they're being helpful, mm-hmm. but you have thought it through. And like, yeah. if you can really remind yourself, so I mean, obviously being a pastor, like as someone who was raised in church, like I know there's a lot of pressure on like what that life is supposed to look like and how you're supposed to behave and how you're supposed to, your family is supposed to act. And then also everyone in the church has the same rules around that was, I mean, that had to be really tough to consider like losing like everybody. Yeah. I, it was terrifying. Um, because around the same time, it was like a bunch of things were falling into place, which I was, I knew it was aligned, but it was, I knew it was going to be a lot for my people. So like I came out queer, like I realized my queerness around the same time that I hired my life coach, that I decided I wanted to get off food stamps and be rich. And I wanted to live a fully expressed life. So a lot of factors were coming together. And in my church that was homophobic, that did paid me pennies. Um, and that constantly censored me and told me what I was allowed to say and what I wasn't allowed to say. I knew I was going to lose my entire church, which that was back then was all of my friends. So I was going to lose my community. I was going to lose my job. I was going to lose my tiny source of income all for the risk of what? 
the unknown. I, yeah. it wasn't promised that I was going to make it or make a lot of money. Like I didn't know where I was going. I just knew I was like the higher I rose up in ranks, the longer I stayed in this path, the more suffocated I became. And I remember thinking at one point, Nicole, why are you settling for a job that pays you pennies to be who you can't even, who you really aren't. Mm-hmm. And so like, there has to be something out there where you can be the fullness of yourself and make a crap ton of money. And that's what I was willing to go after and willing to step in the unknown for. Yeah. Did you, did you always think it was like, did you always know that it was going to be being a stripper or is it like you tested out like different things? Like I'm like, I'm like, I'm hobby hunting everyone. Like, you know, know, like, so was it like, were you trying out, like, is it going to be this job or is it going to be this job? Or did you kind of have some sort of clue? I've had so many jobs in my life. Like I feel like I've lived multiple lifetimes. I used to be a news anchor. I was a high school teacher. I was a bartender. I was a pastor. And I, when I left it all and like stepped into the unknown, I was like, what do I want? And all these desires that I've had my entire life, I'm a very sexual person. I'm a very sensual person. I've been that way since I was five when I got caught touching myself, right? Like I was very in touch with my body at a young age. It all came rushing back. And I used to be so afraid of it because I was taught in the church, it would ruin me. Mm-hmm. It would ruin my family. It would make me destitute. No one would want me, yada, yada, yada. But it all came back and I was like, what would it look like? if I trusted my desires instead of fear them. And so I started to tune into my desires. I'm like, what would it look like for me to post a sexy selfie? This is literally the first decision I made before I got into adult work. was like, what would it look like for me to post a sexy selfie? And I was terrified. This was in 2018 on Facebook. I'm like, what are they going to think? Because I'm intentionally posing. I'm intentionally trying to like look cute. And I talked to two mentors. Like this is how much I thought about posting a single photo on Facebook that I thought was sexy. If I could show you now, you'd be like, that is not sexy. That is like (laughs) innocent. It is so tame and so mild. But for me, who always try to shrink for everyone's comfort, this was like a big stepping stone. Once I did that, I was like, oh my gosh, you're telling me this can become a way of life where I can post what I want, wear what I want, say what I want, do what I want. Mm -hmm. That's the life I ultimately want. Yeah. Um, So we, uh, we coach a lot of fitness instructors and, uh, and it's really funny when they go to post anything for the first time, it's not a sexy selfie. It's like them doing a Pilates move or something like that. There's, I feel like anytime anyone is speaking their truth, like like a fully going to show up and put themselves out there in a real way. I think the pressure that we put on that first one is like, it's so big, no matter who you are and what it is, but every industry, uh, but when you, but then eventually you keep doing it. And so obviously now that's like, it's like part of like, you know, the daily things that you yeah. do in a day. <laughs> the first one's the hardest. It's always going to be the most awkward. It's never going to be as, as amazing as you think it is. You can train and edit and perfect as much as possible. But a year later, you're going to look back and be like, I, I'm so cute. Like I'm a little baby, <laughs> little baby chick on wobbly legs back then. But if you hadn't posted that or done that thing, then you wouldn't be as confident, strong, trained, poised, collected as you are today. I was even thinking about this today because for five years, I've been a life coach for five years. I've wanted to host a VIP event since mm. the beginning, but I never had the confidence. I finally was like, F it. I'm doing it. Launched it. Hosted my first VIP month last or May was so extraordinary. And then today I woke up. I'm like, I'm doing another one. And I just announced on social media, nowhere near the fret. Didn't take me five years. Like it, I was like, I'm so glad I did that first one. Cause now it's out of the way. And it's so much easier from here on out. I, I love this because I do think it does like, every single person, no matter what your, whatever your dream is, the first one has like all this pressure. It's very precious. It's like, it's like, uh, like, you know, I don't know every, it's like when you're 16 and going to prom, it's like the dress has to be perfect. The hair, everything has to be, but then you like, go, okay, did that. And actually doesn't need to be a big deal. I mean, it's kind of like parents with their first kid. The oldest has like (laughs) perfectionist issues because the parents made sure there's tons of photos of them. Everything is perfect. All the balloons are perfect. And then the second one comes along and they're like, here, don't worry. The bottle dropped. It's fine. I dusted it off. But anyway, (laughs) So true. As a mom of three, it's just like you see you were, you wear out. Like, but in such a good way. It's like less controlling, less perfection, more trusting. I trust my kids so much more than I ever have. They're capable. They're smart. They can figure things out. I don't need to hover or protect like as nearly as much as I thought I did. It does really get easier. So I want to go back to like the wobbly legs to the strong legs. Um, what? What helped you go, okay, I'm strong enough to tell 
some people, because mm-hmm. I mean, you, you were married and had kids at the time. Like yeah. when, how strong did you have to get your legs to feel like you could actually show up and to have that conversation? And then what was the preparation for that? Cause yeah. I feel like that's where a lot of people are stuck is like, I want to change this career that I have. And I, now I got to tell this person over here who I'm in a life path with. Yeah. How did that kind of go? You know, it's so interesting. I've seen in the five years I've been coaching that when someone feels this deep urge to change something or want to go after something, they will often tell the one person that they say they expect to support them, but isn't the very person who's going to shoot them down. And it becomes a self-sabotage. Like, well, I tried, I, I even told my mom or I told my, my partner and they were like, that's crazy. You'll never like, have you thought about this? What if you get sued? What if that? And so then they, they stop and it's like, really give yourself permission to not have to tell anyone. So I incubated for a year where I like hunkered down, hired my life coach, went deep. And during that year, I slowly told one person at a time. And it's very selective. I'm like, who are the people? And if there's only one then person, who is the one person I know will believe me, support me no matter what, even if they think I'm a little crazy, because your dream is so fragile in the beginning. And if you mm-hmm. give it to the wrong person too soon and they, they squash it with their fear, it will smother it. And like you were saying earlier, that might be it. So you have the permission to be very, very picky. So probably that first year, I maybe had four friends in my corner, a hundred percent. And then when I was like, I'm ready to have these hard conversations, both in person. And I even made announcements online. I would rally my small troop. And like, when I post this online, please love bomb it. Because I want to set the tone right away that I'm not available for criticism. I'm not available for pushback. And when they see all the love, I think it's going to scare off anyone who would typically say anything negative. So it was very intentional on my emergence because I was too afraid that if it was, if that gust of wind was too strong, I would go running back and not do it again. Mm. That's actually really like amazing. (laughs) That's really, um, I, I, I wish more people knew that that's how they could go about any of these things that they're doing. Like they can ask for people, like I'm sure it'd be extremely hard to ask for people to be helpful in that way, especially as like a recovering people pleaser. Like I need this help over here. Mm-hmm. Um, but what a great way to protect yourself. And I, yes. I think so often, especially those of us who raised in these uh, paths where it's like, this is how you're supposed to be. This is how you're supposed to grow up. It can be very difficult to go against the grain and then go, and Hey, by the way, can you, (laughs) can you do this thing? It's also probably against it. Um, that is, that's very special. I wonder, um, what were the steps, if you can remember any that could be helpful for people on their recovering people pleaser path, because Mm. I feel like there are more people now than ever that are, they like, they'll actually proclaim I am a people pleaser as if it's a, um, not a badge of honor, but like, but this makes me a good person. And it's not that it makes you a bad person if you are, but it does make it's, it's part of control. And we like, how do we control how people feel about us? So what was that path that you went through to kind of help yourself out of becoming a people pleaser? Yeah, I, I reached this point, And I think for all of us who are people pleasers or recovering people pleasers, we can reach this point where it's like, I don't know how much longer I can do this. I don't know how much longer I can keep being who everyone else needs me to be, to be. And I'm absolutely miserable on the inside. I had massive anxiety and depression during those years. I was seeing a therapist. I didn't know one of the root causes was people pleasing. Another root cause is poverty. Poverty mm. is very expensive on your, your mental, emotional well-being. Yeah. But like I was always contracting so much. I, I was always living in fear of what people thought of me. Did I say something that might, might offend them? What are they thinking about me right now? Is we're laying in bed. Like it, it was all consuming mm. and you can only live that way so long. And so then I reached a point where like I was talking to a mentor and like I had these realizations with her of, you know, you don't deserve to be tolerated. You should be celebrated. That wasn't a standard in my relationships. My relationship was like, we'll tolerate you because I'm, I'm very passionate. I'm emotional. I'm sensitive. I'm very social justice And like, that's a little much for some people. So I was always trying to hold back myself and like, okay, we can tolerate you. But the standard should never be toleration in a relationship or friendship. It should always be celebration. We celebrate your muchness and we want more. We celebrate your, what you think is not enough because you are enough. Like we want more of you. You're never, ever, ever too much. Give us more, give us more. That's my standard in relationships now. And then I realized the only reason I'm disappointing someone is two things because I performed as someone that I'm not really am. So that's Mm -hmm. on me. But also it's on them for thinking that I need to stay the same person so they can feel good about themselves. 
So I realized like when I started becoming my own person, it bothered people because like I was no longer who they needed me to be. And when I realized that, that felt really icky. In my world, if I see you evolving, I am celebrating you, even if it's different from what I would want you to evolve into, because the point is to evolve. The point is not to stay the same. If you are staying the same, that is actually a little alarming to me because like we're always learning and growing. But when my people saw that I was growing and they were mad about that, that was a, a, a clue or a red flag. Like these are no longer my people. And if they exist, then certainly my people also exist. Am I willing to be brave enough and believe enough that they are out there too and hold up for them. Mm. Oh my gosh. I couldn't love you more. And I think that was the most beautiful thing. Like to, I'm like, as you're saying that, I'm like, oh my God, how many people like in my life are tolerating me versus celebrating me. And you know what, as you like, that is such an easy, it's almost an easier way to kind of go through a relationship and go, oh, no wonder I feel weird in that environment because I'm being tolerated. You know, like, no wonder that doesn't make me feel excited when I leave. Yes, like, we deserve so much more. It reminds me of, um, do you know who Glennon Doyle is? Oh, yeah. Okay, so I love her, and we're best friends, but she just doesn't know it yet. <laughs> so when Glennon and Abby were getting married, um, she they were trying to come up with their invitation list, and it was just, like, so long. Like, we just want it smaller. This is too much. And they're like, okay, who do we love? Because all the people in this list they loved. And who do we like? Who do we like and love? And that became their bar. And so I even love that version of the question is like, we can love a whole lot of people, but at the end of the day, who do you like being around? Who gives you life? Who makes you feel like a million bucks? Who celebrates you every time you turn around? Like those are the people I want in my most, my innermost circle. Oh yeah. Uh, that's what a great, uh, that's for anyone planning a wedding and also like a party (laughs) and also like trying to figure out, um, you know, I don't know about you, like I'm 40 now and we moved to Las Vegas. And so obviously I still have my friends. I had, fr- I've had friends from years and I love that. I think the ones that I've actually kept cause I love and like them and they live all over the world. So I was used to that when I lived in LA, not a big deal, but I had a community in LA as well. Like I went to the same gym every day. So I saw the same people. We moved here. We were like indoors for a year. So <laughs> then I was like, okay, I'm going out and I'm meeting people. And I feel like even just having though that thought, like, who do I love? Who do I like? Who, who, who sell, who's celebrating me when I show up versus who's like, kind of like tolerating me. What an interesting way to not waste time trying to build community and find, is that how you, cause I mean, like you had to start, you had to find a whole new community. So I feel like, yeah. I don't know if I'm picturing like Nicole with like slightly not wobbly legs, like going into a group going, hi. <laughs> You know what I did? So I'm a person of extreme measures. And so I know like not everyone's wired this way, but I hope it gives you permission to do it your way Mm -hmm. is I literally moved to a new state. Okay. It was too big of a transition and too scary of a transition that I was, I knew my people couldn't come along with it. And I was so into, I was very integrated in my, my city that I was in. Like everyone knew me from in one way or another. And I'm like, I need a fresh start. I need a clean slate. So I packed up from Minnesota. I moved to California. And the reason I love that is like, no one knew who I used to be. They would only know me as I introduced myself. And so I went from this very religious environment, very good girl, small town, quite nothing wrong with that, but it was not my truth to I'm powerful. I'm a badass. I'm sexy. I'm slutty. I want to make a, uh, a crap ton of money. I don't know if I can swear. You can this. totally okay. swear on this. It's why um, people listen. <laughs> <laughs> a shit ton of money. Here I am, take it or leave it. And that was so freeing because that way, right from the start, I mean, it still hurts when people meet you and they're like, you're a little too much. So I'm going to leave that always stings, but it felt easier to do that with people I just met than with a whole community of people I once was in relationship with. Yeah. I think like, I, I, I feel like it sounds like such a bold move, but it also makes the most sense because it's true. You, you get to introduce yourself as who you are. And then it's that take it or leave it. Like, of course it's going to sting. Cause you're like, Oh my God, I want friends. I'm new here. Yes. But it's like, well, I don't, that you're not the friend that the one I'm too much for you already. <laughs> just, just who I am is introducing myself. So what a, what a special, if it is possible. And if it's not, then like you really, maybe you go, maybe you take an hour drive to a different city. Like, you know, even if it can't be a different state, I think like what a special way or because of online, there are these amazing communities where you can introduce yourself and be who you are. Is that, that's what I did. So like when I was still in Minnesota, 
I paid for friendship or I paid for access to friends. So I had a life coach and then I ended up joining a mastermind. Mm-hmm. So my community, my friendships were all online because I was, I was poor and I was trying to find rich people. I was a baby queer. I'm trying to find queer people. Right. And I'm like baby legs trying to find my voice. And I want to find people who are already speaking their truth. And so right, I could easily find that online because we're all finding each other from different states and countries. And those were my people for about the last, I was in Minnesota for about two years before, okay. in, with the online community. And then what I also did because I was a, a baby queer, I started hanging out in queer spaces and thankfully it just takes one person. I had one friend who was also queer and she's like, I'm going to be your queer tour guide. And so you started taking me to like queer clubs and queer bars and queer spaces. And so like once a week I would go out and like, this was my haven where Nicole could just be unleashed and uncensored and fully her. And I would feel so amazing. And it was like an energetic infusion to last me the next week. Mm. And so, yeah, finding a new place, like giving yourself permission to get out of your routine, get out of your regular spots, take five minutes to Google queer club, take five minutes to Google, where do rich women hang out? Like with find your people, cause it'll be enough to propel you to keep you going in the direction you want to go. Yes. And I think like, it's also, it's often one person it and we tend to think, oh, I need people. And it's here. Um, we've had her on the show. This one shot at the time and uh, I'd bring friends there. And so I got to know the owners and I, I love stopping at small businesses because I just really love supporting small business owners. And thank goodness for that, because I got invited to a birthday party. I was like, we're going. Yeah, <laughs> and like, we, uh, I was like, Brad, divide and conquer. Let's take on the room. We got to find, we got to find some friends. <laughs> we got to find a friend. And so there's a ton of people who are lovely. But there was this one person there who, um, she's like, oh, I have a facial salon. I was like, and she knows everybody and she's going to know everybody. And I get her because we're both in like service industry. So like, I was like, okay, I'm going to make her (laughs) my friend. And thank goodness, because, you know, most of the friends we have today in this town are because she introduced us. So she was like our little Las Vegas, like friend tour guide. And so you don't need a plethora of people to accept. You need one person to sees you who you are. And like, is that tour guide into that world that you want to go in? So that's, that's very special. And so, yeah. so you move how, so in you had, I, I agree on masterminds. I think people think it's like weird to say pay for friends. Every, if you were in a sorority, you paid for friends. <laughs> if your parents put you in a private school, you paid yes. for friends. Like at, <laughs> Summer camps. Yes. Money's yes. <laughs> so, yes. and that's okay. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with it. It doesn't have to be this like natural thing. And it's also okay if you met your person online, like we have to stop thinking that it's like, you know, there's one way to, one special way mm-hmm. to do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so how did you start to make a living for yourself? Because obviously money is involved in everything. So like you left being a pastor that, <laughs> that was paying you pennies and you were on food stamps. What, what did you, how did you like kind of get this way to be more independent and, yeah. and work to the wealth that you deserved? So I, my life changed so much with my first life coach. I had hired him for six months. There was no evidence externally, all the evidence internally. Mm-hmm. I felt so confident. I felt so clear. I felt so unstoppable. I felt so powerful. And this is a woman who felt very small, very breakable, very emotional, very stoppable. Um, and so to feel so differently, I could feel my entire world shifting. And like, and then I, I had this moment where I went to the small business uh, workshop, which I didn't have a business at this point, but I felt drawn to go there. And everyone's coming to me for advice. Nicole, like how much should I charge for this? And how do you find clients? And how, how what would you recommend on branding? And I'm like coaching all these small business owners. And it clicked. Oh my gosh, I'm a life coach. I've been doing this for years. Every year for years, people have been flying to my house, spend a week with me, which would be called VIP experiences in the life coaching world, which people pay tens of thousands of dollars to go to. And here I'm like, for free, come to my house. I'll stay with me and I'll take care of you and I'll support you. So this light bulb went off and I'm like, oh my gosh, I've been doing this for years. I just never had the business framework or understanding to name it that. So I started my life coaching business and very quickly grew like, and it was, I really believe it was the result of the inner work. Like it shouldn't have been possible being on food stamps, being a very, all our friends were very poor. We were in very religious circles who were not interested in personal development, but I felt so powerful and so I think magnetic because of it. I grew my business really quickly. And then it was in that journey that I'm like, I've always wanted to be a model. I've always wanted to do some kind of sexy work growing up and I felt more confident. And I was like, well, what if I like start like posting sexy photos? And then I learned about OnlyFans and like, I'm like, 
And I didn't, when I did that, it wasn't even for the money and it wasn't even for other people. It was for me. Mm-hmm. It was one sacred space where Nicole could post whatever she wanted, wear whatever she wanted, say whatever she wanted to just, just to practice. And then if maybe people subscribe, sure. But the point was practice here so I can go out in the world and do it full time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so between those two, they both started to make me more money and it was life-changing because we were so poor. Mm. Okay. Thank you for sharing that. I love that you're like, I'm just going to do this for me. It I was think totally for I me. also think that like a lot of the ideas that people have, they start to filter it out. Like how would people pay for this instead of like, how do I want to show up with this idea? Oh my gosh. And, <laughs> and so, you know, because it's like, yes, everyone has bills to pay and <laughs> sure. But like also you, you show up differently in the production of the work. If you're doing it for yourself versus like, okay, how do I do this? So it's modern people will pay for it. So, okay. So that's, I also, that applies to all business, all business. Yep. Okay. So, um, thank you for sharing that journey. Cause it really is. It sounds like pastor to stripper. They're like, we've but like you, the filling in of the gaps was this amazing journey. And also, um, Really discovering who you are and then that life coaching thing. I love that it sounds like you kept doing the work. Like you're mm. you you're like, I'm a life coach, but I'm also doing this work for myself and I'm becoming very clear of like something else that I want to do mm-hmm. and continuing to grow, which is just like yes. going back to the conversation we had earlier about we're always changing, we're always growing. So when when did you get on OnlyFans and like how long has that journey been? Because that's how I don't, that's how I know you of (laughs) the life coach part and all the things that you do now with that is, um, is something you're still doing, but like what, what was, how long has that journey been? Cause it's not overnight either. No. So I started my life coaching business in 2018. I started my OnlyFans in 2019. So Mm -hmm. it was about a year and a half after I started my business, I started OnlyFans and you're totally right. Like this is really good for any new business owner. You have to curate it for yourself, right? So even for women, so I, I work one with clients and I have people who are having OnlyFans training and I teach them like you're building an oasis or you're building a museum that you love to walk through. So it's so much easier to show up and do what you love when you're not worried about how I can get people paid. So the first year, my OnlyFans was just for me. So every time I went, I'm like, oh my God, I love those photos so much. Those are so pretty. <laughs> and like, I love them so much. And I had gotten so confident at this point that I wish I could post those on Instagram. Like that's mm. genuinely my desire. My work on OnlyFans is so beautiful that I would post it for free that, because mm. I love it so much. But because OnlyFans censors, thank you, Instagram, you've made me so much money. It forced <laughs> me to have a different platform where I, I then charge for it. But really, I would have done it for free because I love it so much. So the first year, it was just for me. And then I ended up going viral in 2020 as the pastor turned stripper, as people learned my story. And then it blew up. And then, you know, my OnlyFans has blown up. My life coaching business has blown up. But it all started with like a girl and a vision and a dream and just enough strength and faith to try it. Yeah. I, I, um, <laughs> I, I, whenever you, when I, I, we met in person for the first time last night, even though we've talked before, but I, you generally do love your pictures. And I think it's amazing. Yes. Like I, I think it's amazing yes. because I, I think it's amazing because so many people are like, I don't like when, when I, I work with a lot of women who are just taking pictures for their applies business. And they're like, I don't know. I don't like the way that looks on my shoulder. It's like this. It's like, actually like, what if we looked at these pictures with like, Oh my God, look how cute I look there. Look how cute I look there. Like, like why? And like, I feel like even that part of you is something I wish I could like pass on to every woman listening mm-hmm. because like you look at your pictures and you're so excited mm-hmm. about how you're looking in things. And I think that so many women were taught like, oh, well, actually don't brag about how you look. Don't mm-hmm. be too proud about things. Like, <laughs> yeah, we were at dinner last night with Michael and Broken and he saw my, um, home screen, my lock screen photo. Yeah. It's a photo of my, my ass, like <laughs> my body. He's like, of course you would. I'm like, but it's so cute. Like, look at it. So it's holy. I wish every woman had permission to feel that way. And I also know it takes a hundred photos to find one good one. Yeah. So now, so this is where OnlyFans has really been healing for me. It's a, it's giving me permission to take a shit ton of photos of myself where before I was like, Oh, one, that's enough. if I don't like it, that's enough. I'm fine. Cause I want to be too much. Be like, no, can you take another one and take another and take another one? So I take a hundred photos to get the one or maybe two good ones. So I think we have to be really honest about that. Every photo I take does not pop. I'm very clear. I'm like, oh, hate all those. Love that one. I am posting that one everywhere. And then second, I had a lot of body shame growing up in the environment that I mm-hmm. did. And 
I didn't believe men that I dated, um, and even on OnlyFans that they would want to see my body and think it beautiful. I was waiting for them to find all the wrong things with it, just like I find all the wrong the things that are wrong with it. And so as I started to open up myself more and more, and they were raving about all the parts of my body, like I had a compliment the other day of a very insecure thing about a part of my body, and a fan specifically complimented me on that, with, and I never told him my big insecurity with it, and I was like, oh, and I got teary, I'm like, you don't even know how much that means to me. Like I actually have insecurities around that. He's like, what, I love it. Like. That has healed me to where I'd be very, like, I think part of why I was so contracted and literally covering my body in photos and even in modeling photos to where now, like, I do the full spread. It's because my fans helped me realize my body is good. Mm. And I, I want that for every woman. I want every woman to love her body. I want her to find affirmation one way or another, whether it's from a dating partner or a coach or OnlyFans. Like, our healing comes in different ways. But for you to find those parts of your body that you tend to be the most insecure about, someone else finds so beautiful. Oh, 100%. And I... For, thanks for sharing about how many photos it takes or can take. Yeah, it's legit. It's so important, you guys. It's <laughs> like the photos will come yes. through and I'm like, okay, we're going to delete all yeah. of those. <laughs> and it's also what's really funny is like my some photos that I've kept, it's because my photographer or my husband are like, oh my God, I love this one. And I'm like, of course, I saw the insecure part of me mm -hmm. there and they're loving it so much that I've gotten so much yes. better about actually like accepting more photos 100%. of me that I probably wouldn't. And it, it does take time. So it give does. yourself that permission. Okay. I do want to ask like, what, what are some, what's like something that uh, women can do to kind of love their body more? Because I do feel like you've gone through such a journey. Yeah. What, what is something that they could do on a daily basis to kind of like fall in love with their own yeah. body? Cause I mean, you like, I know that I know the dress had to be below the knee and you know how many times I got in trouble for my dress, like being above my knee because I was poor. My parents couldn't afford to buy clothes for a growing kid every day. Yeah. And so I got in trouble at school all the time. And like there was fines or I was, which is like even more triggering because we were poor and couldn't afford it. So that was a trouble for that. So like, it took me so long to wear uh, short shorts with like my cellulite out. It was like a journey of a lifetime. So yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah. So what, what's something that maybe we could all take away as to like how to love our bodies more? I have two thoughts. One is find someone who does love their body and all their fullness, because I think we just need to see evidence that it's possible. Mm -hmm. Cause I think sometimes we think it's not possible. We, I think we think we will live with self-criticism with the, for the rest of our life. And that's normal, but there also can be a different normal. And there can be a normal where like you love your body and you love your cellulite and you love your roles. And like, find evidence from someone somewhere. Yeah. And then secondly, my recommendation as scary as this might sound is I want you to take hundreds of photos of yourself because a, you deserve to be captured. Mm -hmm. B you're going to see yourself in a different light. And then thirdly, you're going to find different angles. So now that I've been doing this for four years now, I'm really good at finding my best angles that make me feel like a million bucks. Like I know how, like if I want to feel amazing, I'm going to pose this way. So just give yourself permission to explore. And sometimes what I will do Cause it's awkward to like take a photo, run back and like pose and take it, like just leave it on video and mm. practice moving your body. I, I would recommend playing sensual music or something that makes you feel amazing and just practice like touching and like being in the flow. And maybe if you feel really sexy in a pose, just hold it for a second. This is how I take some of my own photos. I'm like, I'll do videos and then I go through and I screenshot all my favorite poses. And I find some of my favorite poses tend to be very organic. I could never like, you know, I'm very stiff if you try to make it. But when there's music and you're just feeling it and you pause, that might be one of your best photos. I love that. I do. Thank you for that. Cause yeah. I think that that's so, I, if we could just help more women just even understand that. Cause I just, it's so, it, it does take time. You're right. You've take hundreds and thousands of photos. Like my first photo shoots, I'm like, okay, is this right? Like, I don't know. <laughs> So I bit, and then like you go, it's like, okay, it's another photo shoot. It's fine. You know, like I used to get ready for a photo shoot. Okay, I have a photo shoot in a month. So we got to change what we're eating, what we're drinking, all the things. And now it's like, oh, there's a photo shoot tomorrow. Okay. <laughs> that reminds me, I was at a photo shoot with two other models. And I, back then I would not eat at all in the morning. So I want like tight everywhere. And I, so I always try to do my shoots first thing in the morning. So I want, I don't want to, I'm hungry. Yes, okay. I know. I got it. I so got first thing. <laughs> But the shoot was a little bit later in the day. I'm like, okay, I can, I can not eat for that long. And then at the photo shoot, one of the models orders pizza. And I'm like, this is amazing. And she just like starts eating pizza and drinking soda. And like, and we're going to get bloated. But I'm like, there was such freedom in her freedom 
from that moment forward, I'm like, I'm just eating when I wake up and taking photos. And like, and like you said, it's been a journey. When I first started, I would over edit every little blemish, every little thing. And now I find, you know, which you'll find if you're in the OnlyFans world or in the adult world, majority of humans want to see authentic. Yes. Because everything is over edited. So I now, like twice this week, I posted 20 photos each, zero edits. One of them, I just woke up in the morning. I'm like, here's my bed head. Here's my smeared makeup from last night. And like my tummy's a little bloated because I'm on vacation. And like, they're like, we love it. Cause it's like <laughs> the real deal. Yeah. But if you go to my Instagram, it's a little more curated. It's more whatever. It's like edited and professional. But if you go to my OnlyFans, you're going to see the real deal. And I think that's actually even really healing. Like learning to love yourself when you're glammed up and perfectly mm-hmm. edited and loving yourself first thing in the morning when you're a hot mess, like all of us. Uh, yes, I <laughs> May we all learn how to, because what I can't think of a better, better way in the world to like, like be it till you see it is like just really loving yourself and all in all the stages of the day. And like, <laughs> you know, um, I want to ask because you are a mom of three, what, how do you find balance of like building all these, these businesses that really make you shine, light up, pour into others and line to others. And also like be a mom of three kids who are growing. And I mean, like, you have to be present for them as well. So yeah. is there, do you have like time blocks in your day? Do you have help? Like how, <laughs> how do you navigate that? So the beautiful thing about success and wealth, which I'm like so committed to reclaiming for women because we have a lot of fear and stigma around it is it gives you so much freedom. So I, you know, I life coach in my, and I have only fans. You would technically say they're full-time jobs because they make me a lot of money but I work very few hours. Like you eventually get to a point in your business. Like when you first start, it's clunky. It's awkward. It takes all your time and energy to figure things out, but you eventually get systems and processes in place. And then you eventually learn automation. Don't even worry about that from the beginning. It'll come. It just, it will come. So things kind of run pretty well on their own, allowing me to be very, very present for my children. And then secondly, I also have an assistant who works for me full time or almost full time. And that's another gift of money. When you have money, you can hire support. So she does my cooking, my cleaning, my errands, which makes me even more present for my children. So while she's doing laundry upstairs, I'm playing with my children in the living room. And I, even, I had to learn that that was okay because that was alarming to me <laughs> that someone else is working. This is this people-pleasing side. Like, I don't want to disappoint. I don't want to be too much here. She's working in my house. But the reason I have her working is so that I can be a present mom. And so I think Women giving ourselves permission to become as rich as you actually want to be. It's incredibly supportive for the kind of lifestyle you want to have. And then allowing that duality of someone else gets to work while I rest and play. Yeah. I thank you. And I, I, and I also, um, I've shared this before on the podcast. People have heard it. Like we have a housekeeper. Her name's Rosie. Fucking love this woman. She love her. And one day we were talking and I was like, Hey Rosie, like, how's everything going? Like, you know, are we too much for you? Like, is this, is everything working out? Like, okay. She's like, Leslie, she's like, my sister said I should go work in the restaurants with her. And I said, no, I will have my house cleaning business because I can work when I want to work and I can be there to pick my kids up and I can take my kids and I get to take days off when my kids are off. And so the thing is, is that like, I get to pay her to clean my house so that I can be present in our business so that I can do things to make sure that I can fill my cup up. And in paying her, she actually gets to be there for her kids and have the life she wants to have. And I think sometimes, especially as women, we're like, oh my God, like, I like, it's like weird to have this housekeeper. Like I have, I had some friends who like, wouldn't even let their neighbors know they had a housekeeper. Like they would like hide this, like pull into the driveway. I'm like, oh my God, like we have, we have a guy who picks up the dog poop every Tuesday. Then Rosie comes in, we have a landscaper. And like all of those people have families they get to take care of. Yeah. And so it's really important to know that like, when you make money, you can actually you can actually empower other people to have the job that they want to have that allows them to take care of the dreams that they have. And I think that is we can't state that enough because it's yeah. you don't have to do it all. <laughs> you, you, and you can't if you really want to create next level success and wealth, you actually can't do it all. And I think that's a really important distinction is I deeply believe you can have it all, but you cannot do it all. Mm-hmm. And so let yourself having all requires delegation. And I love like, and being shame free about it. Like my neighbors are so confused who my, who my assistant is. It's like, is this your girlfriend? Is this your wife? Is this your sister? Like they have every time someone comes in and does work at my house, like, 
wait, who am I? And she, this is my boss, Nicole. I work for her. And they're like, oh, I thought you were this. I thought you were that. So this, I, I find it so fun to keep people guessing. But yeah, my assistant's like, I love that I could, your house is so calm and peaceful. And she's like, and I used to her get flowers all the time. We're taking a little break right now. But she's like, I get to do flowers every Wednesday. And then I get to like run errands in this beautiful, sunny weather. And then she loves my kids and my kids love her. And she always wanted more kids, but didn't wasn't able to have more kids. So she's like, your kids have become my kids. And like, I've seen her so happy. I'm like, this is the beauty of wealth. It yeah. does. It empowers and it gives back and it creates this ripple effect of freedom. Yeah. Oh, Nicole, I literally could keep talking to you forever. I, I don't know. It's so good. <laughs> I'm like, want you to, I want you to visit every week. Um, <laughs> um, so I, I, I don't even want to end this, but I do no. want to respect everyone's time. Um, so we're going to take a brief break and then I'm going to, we're going to come back and I'm going to ask you something about I mean, you've given us so much, but bold, executable, intrinsic, targeted steps people can take to be until they see it. So one quick break, and then we'll find out that. All right, loves, it's super important to me that supplements I take are of the highest quality, and that's why for three years I've been drinking AG1. Unlike many supplement brands, AG1 is constantly searching for how to do things better. At 52 iterations of their formula and counting, their team is always trying to find better ways to source, test, and aim to find the best quality ingredients available. I love this so much, guys, because so many people think I have to get it right the first time, and they have done 52 different iterations. I freaking love that. So many people have asked me if AG1 is actually the real deal. I really do drink it, and trust me, there's a reason why I've been drinking it for so long. Quality for AG1 isn't just a buzzword. It's a commitment backed by expert-led scientific research, high-quality ingredients, industry-leading manufacturing, and rigorous testing. At each step of the process, AG1 goes above and beyond industry standards. I know I can trust what's in every scoop of AG1 because it's tested for 950 contaminants and banned substances while the industry standard typically only tests for 10. Holy moly. I know that like I'm a recovering overachiever over here, but I'm super glad AG1 isn't. Okay, so taking care of my health shouldn't be complicated and AG1 simplifies this by replacing multiple health supplements like multivitamins, digestive aids, immune support, and more in just one simple scoop. It's literally just one scoop. It's one scoop in one bottle of water. It's amazing. AG1's ingredients are heavily researched for efficacy and quality, and I love that every scoop also includes prebiotics, probiotics, and digestive enzymes for gut support. Y'all know I've had gut stuff, so that's why I've been doing it for so long. I've partnered with AG1 for so long because they make such a high quality product that I genuinely look forward to drinking every day. So if you want to replace your multivitamin and more, start with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 and K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first subscription at drinkag1.com slash be it. That's drinkag1.com slash B-E-I-T. Check it out. Okay, first... Where can people find you, follow you? Yeah. Like, like you can be their inspiration of people who love themselves. <laughs> I love it. I'm active on almost all the socials, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I'm just starting TikTok. Give me time, people. But you can find <laughs> all my links at my website, NicoleMitchell.com. Nicole is spelled N-I-K-O-L-E. Um, but come say hi. Yeah. Nice to meet you. Yeah. Okay. And make sure you guys tell her all of your favorite takeaways, of course. Um, what was your most favorite thing? All right. So I believe like sometimes, uh, it can be fun to be inspired. Mm. Um, and like, it can be like, you can give that dose of like, okay, this is a great conversation these have. But I also know that our listeners love something tan, like a takeaway yes. that they can take action on right mm -hmm. now. So, um, an action step or two that they can do this week. after the I love that. So one is whatever's on your heart right now, you know what it is that nudge that thing you need to do, that thing you need to say, the thing you need to start, the thing you need to stop, whatever that thing is on your heart, do it. And I'm going to say today, there's nothing like the moment like that fires in your belly. You have to take action on today because the longer you sit with it, the faster you'll talk yourself out of it. So you have to do it today, do the thing. And then the second thing is get really honest about what you want, own it and speak it to existence. So I'll give an example. I, money is very motivating to me. I was very poor. So I know what it's like to live without it. I never want to go back to that life. So I'm very driven by money and I own that. 
and something I'm really good at. I'm really good at connections and referrals, but I really like being paid for referrals because I'm really good at it and I love money. If you pay me for any business I send you your way, I will send you so much business. So at first I was afraid to own that. I'm like, I don't even think I'm greedy. I'm, I'm like asking for money, but it's like, I know I will make you so much business with my re recommendations or referrals. So if they sign up to work with you, I want a small kickback. So I remember I talked to this one guy for his business. He was wanting me to refer him out after working with my business. And I said, Here, here's the thing. I would love to recommend you. I think you're amazing, but I only do it if cash is involved. So if you're cool with cash bonuses, I will recommend you everywhere because I love what you do. If you're not cool with cash bonuses, totally cool. I just won't do it. And I said, that's just my thing. I'm just driven by it. And then he must have back. He's like, oh my gosh, I'm the exact same way. And I appreciate you saying that because that's my preference. I just don't ever say that. So by me owning it, he owned it. And now I make money off those business referrals. So again, just getting really clear on what it is that you want. You have to own it. And then you kindly, but forthrightly let people know. And that's how you get what you want. Ah, uh, yes, yes. And you. so another, I, I want to give another example of this. We have some we're bringing into our, uh, we bring in, uh, different webinar guests every month to our coaching group. And we're like, look, you can do lead magnets. They know what it is. So you can do that. And you can sub them in a lead magnet. Like that's how that's going to be. But we kindly ask that like, if you have an affiliate link, we'd like to do that, yes. you know? And we, uh, you, it is absolutely even better relationships, even when they're best friends, because everyone is winning. Everyone. No one is feeling used, yes. you know, like it, cause energy. So I always say like energy is money. So yes. Uh, for example, even like, so I, when I teach Pilates, my client cannot teach me Pilates. So they're not able to give me the energy I just gave back to them. Mm -hmm. yep. <laughs> so the only way they can give me my energy back is if they pay me for it. Mm -hmm. And the only reason you would feel resentful or exhausted at the end of a day of work that you love doing is if you're undercharging because yes. they're, they're Ooh. not paying back the full energy load yep. and you're upset or you're not even tan. Like maybe I'm thinking it's them. You're like, I'm just exhausted in the, the day. Well, it's cause you didn't get your energy paid back. But if you actually charge your worth, they paid it. You're like, this is fucking amazing. Everybody wins. Everybody wins. And I I just want to say that too. I mean, we can keep going. Like, <laughs> so what to say, Leslie? I know. The other thing is, like, I've had people say to me, like, I'm so afraid to charge money for doing what I love because I'll hate it. This is a common. Like, what I'm, is? Where did that come? from? I don't from? know. I, I feel like it comes from the patriarchy. Yes. Convince people, especially any marginalized group, that what they love will ruin them and make mm -hmm. them miserable. So we'll mm -hmm. never do it. So we'll never make a shit ton of money because I I hold this core belief that whatever brings you the most most joy will make you the most profit. So I, I have a, and I have a course called monetize your shit. Like you've got to learn how to monetize your shit. And especially if it's something you're passionate about, you have to do it because it's a win for everyone. It's actually a huge loss for you. If you're not monetizing it, like you said, you're going to be drained. You're going to be bitter. You're going to peter out. You're going to quit the thing that brings the most joy because you just simply haven't given yourself permission or know how to monetize it, but you just have to start clunkily, start awkwardly, start imperfectly, and you'll just get better, but you should absolutely be compensated for the work that you love and that you do. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Everyone rewind, play that again, <laughs> put it on half speed. If you need to hear it, write it down. You can go to the blog post. We have it transcribed. You can print it out. Like <laughs> please, because it's your, the patriarchy wins every time we undercharge or yes don't charge or play small. They win every time. And that's what they want because yep. then we're all just like, okay, well like give me like the little bit of like, just give me a little bit and that's good enough. No, like take up space. I love that. Oh my gosh. I, I can't wait for Brad to hear this because I, I can't wait for us to recap it, but we'll have to have another conversation with yeah. you. I mean, this so is good. first of many. I'm obsessed. I love you so much. Uh, y'all, how are we going to use these tips in your life? Please tag Nicole Mitchell, tag the Viet pod, share this with a friend. Um, we want to hear it. And also, mm -hmm. you know, Take like take any one of her tips and do something today. That day. Today. We're holding you accountable. Yes, you have to. <laughs> you before your head hits the pillow, you have to take yes. action today. Um, and as you know from how this show starts, like action is the antidote to fear. Mm. Have an amazing day, everyone. Until next time, be it till you see it. That's all I got for this episode of the Be It Till You See It podcast. One thing that would help both myself and future listeners is for you to rate the show and leave a review. And follow or subscribe for free wherever you listen to your podcast. Also, make sure to introduce yourself over at the Be It Pod on Instagram. I would love to know more about you. Share this episode with whoever you think needs to hear it. Help us and others be it till you see it. Have an awesome day. Be It Till You See It is a production of the Bloom Podcast Network. It's written, filmed, and recorded by your host, Leslie Logan, and me, Brad Kroll. It is produced and edited by the Epic Team at Desenio. Our theme music is by Ali at Apex Production Music. 
and our branding by designer and artist Gianfranco Chofi. Special thanks to Melissa Solomon for creating our visuals and Samena Velazquez for our transcriptions. Also to Angelina Herico for adding all the content to our website. And finally to Meredith Crowell for keeping us all on point and on time. All right, my coffee lovers, I got something for you. And I know most of you are coffee lovers because if you're listening to this, you have lots of things you're doing and coffee is something that you are taking with you everywhere you go. In fact, I know the Plaza instructors around here are taking coffee, kombucha, tea, and water into every class that they take. So this one is amazing because this is Pure Cafe Bold. They have two options for you. They've got black coffee and then they've got a caramel coffee latte, which is amazing. And here's why it's amazing. It's pre-brewed. So it comes in this amazing little packet and you can actually just take the packet into your office, your work on a plane like we've been doing. And then you pour hot water in and boom, you've got coffee. And this coffee actually has some amazing stuff. It's not just regular coffee. This coffee supports your immune system. It boosts cognitive function, increases stamina, it reduces stress, and it has cordyceps. And what are cordyceps, you ask? Oh, that's right, Brad's here. Nature's powerful secret energizer, a rare species of fungi, cordyceps is renowned for its invigorating properties and centuries old use in traditional medicine packed with essential nutrients. This natural adaptogen boosts stamina and supports overall well-being. And seriously, it's actually super simple to make. Leslie and I have taken it camping. Yeah. I'll use it in the afternoon. We're taking it everywhere because I'm tired of conferences and different hotels having burnt coffee. It's a thousand times better than the terrible coffee that you get on an airplane. And the black coffee is like less than a dollar a packet. So it's like, it's really kind of amazing. Yeah. And I'm, I'm a big fan of the caramel myself. He the does caramel like has it. a little bit of, uh, of milk in it. So. It has some dairy. So my dairy free peeps, you, you can't do the caramel, but you can do the black, right? Yeah. The black coffee is vegan, keto, gluten-free, non-GMO, nut-free, dairy-free, fat-free, and CGMP compliant. All right. So here's the deal. You need to go to beitpod.com slash coffee, B-E-I-T-P-O-D.com slash coffee. And when you do that, you are going to be able to get some amazing coffee that we're loving. You can buy it as a one-time purchase or you can actually get it as a subscription. There's even family packs. So if you know that you've got a lot of coffee drinkers in your household, this is amazing. And it's honestly cheaper than all the coffees we've been making at home. So we are so excited. I hope you are. Go to beatpod.com slash coffee. And, you know, cheers to you and I. Every morning, we'll be drinking the same coffee together. Woo!